Hi, I'm Josh Van Berkel. Welcome to the Activate Christchurch podcast. It's our privilege to share it with you. I hope you enjoy it. And if you ever find yourself in Christchurch, pop in and say hello. We'd love to see you. All right, good morning, Activate Christchurch, and good morning, guests, and welcome to Activate Church. Well, who would have thought when we came out of lockdown at the end of May last year, our first Sunday morning gathering back in our building uh, was on Pentecost Sunday. It was the 31st of May last year. And who would have thought then that we'd be back in lockdown 15 months later? I certainly wouldn't have. And so this morning, I want to talk to you about fasting as we launch our church fast. But just before I do, let me just take a moment to address the the weirdness of the season that we're in and answer the question, how do we as Christians, as disciples of Jesus, how do we handle what's being thrown at us? None of us have any control over it. There's there's things being, we're being told to act certain ways. We're being told to, you know, respond in different ways. We've got to deal with just the uncertainty of not knowing. As we sit here right now, are we going to work on Wednesday? Can we put the kids in school on Wednesday? We don't know what's happening. Is there church next Sunday? It's a really weird time to be living in. And a lot of people, you know, are struggling with that. And I think fair enough, right? But let me tell you something. As Christians, as followers of Jesus, I think we have an extraordinary opportunity to shine our light more brightly than we've ever shone it before. You know, the Bible says that we are, we, you and me, we are the light of the world. The darker the world gets, the lighter our light is supposed to shine. You know, the more stress and anxiety and fear there is in the world around us, the more the opposite of that peace, love, joy stands out, right? And so I want to just read a verse out to you this morning and just issue the challenge for all of us, because let me tell you something, the world is watching. People are asking the question, hey, you Christians who talk about this God of yours that you say is amazing and can do anything, how are you responding in this situation? And how is that different to how everybody that doesn't know God responding? And so Galatians chapter 5, verse 25 It says this, since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. So Paul makes two statements here. He says, hey, we live by the Spirit. Like we don't focus on the world around us. Like we're not focusing on our circumstances, what's happening. Our eyes are elevated. Our vision is elevated. We're focused on Jesus Christ. And we live by the Spirit, not by the flesh. And because we live by the Spirit, we are supposed to keep in step. With the spirit and i just i love that phrase keep in step it's like the spirit is walking and we're matching his stride we're keeping in step with him like when i walk with my kids sometimes my kids will walk in front of me and they'll walk too slowly and i clip the back of their heels it annoys me sometimes they walk behind me and they walk too fast they clip the back of my heels my kids have a problem walking the same pace let me tell you something and so I say to them, hey, you need to walk in step with me. Like, look at where I, look at my speed. Keep speed with me. Keep in step with me. And that's what Paul is saying we need to do here with the Spirit. Now, I love verse 22 because in verse 22, he lists a whole bunch of attributes and characteristics and behaviors that you should see coming out of your life if you are keeping in step with the Spirit. Verse 22 says, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Write those down. Galatians 5.22. Stick it on your fridge. Stick it wherever you have uh, access to social media. Put it on the screen on your laptop on a post-it note or something and ask yourself the question, am I acting 
according to these attributes? Am I keeping in step with these? When I go to the supermarket and I'm frustrated because I've got to wear a mask and it's making my bed itchy and I really need to buy some toilet paper and there's none left. Someone takes the last bag just before I get there. How do I respond to that? Well, if I'm keeping in step with the Spirit, I'm going to respond with kindness and goodness and gentleness and self-control, right? When I start to feel anxious and scared and like I'm, I don't know what's going on, how do I respond to that? Well, if I'm keeping in step with the Spirit, I'm going to respond with love, joy, peace, and patience. You know, peace is one of those things that we lose very quickly, even as Christians. And yet the Bible says in Philippians 4, verses 6 and 7, that if you do lose your peace, right, if you're stressing out about life, take what you're stressed out about, give it to God. And the peace of God that transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds. Listen, the world is looking to us. They want to see, how are you guys handling this? And we need to show them that we serve a God who gives peace. We have access to love that they don't have access to. We have access to joy that they can't tap into because they don't live by the Spirit. And we do. There has to be, I'm passionate about this, there has to be a manifest, measurable, visible, discernible difference between how we respond to situations like this in the world and how the world responds to it. There has to be. Otherwise, what is going on? Right, So keep in step with the Spirit. That is my encouragement to all of us as we move forward in this uncertain time. We've got three days. Do we? Could it be extended? Probably. Is it? Can we send the kids to school next week? Is there church next Sunday? Guys, no one knows the answer to this question. We just have to wait and see. And I understand that can be stressful, but let's stick with the Spirit. Let's try and live according to the Spirit. And let's show the world, hey, we can do this with peace and joy and patience and kindness in the face of all of this uncertainty, all of the you know nastiness that's going on around the place that doesn't get inside of us. I think the world would love to see that. I think that would do more for the world than any other thing that we can encourage them in. All right, let's talk about fasting this morning. Really quickly, we're going to launch our church fast. Here's the plan. I'm going to just give you a couple of tips on fasting, practical tips on fasting. We're going to watch a short four-minute video from the man, Derek Prince. All right, this guy, old school Christians, you'll know who Derek Prince is. Maybe some of you young adults, not so much, but I'm going to introduce you to him in just a minute. And then we're going to take communion together, and then we're going to launch uh, Activate Church, Church Fast. But let me just say, I'm super excited about this. I'm really passionate about us doing this together as a church. And if you are planning on participating and engaging with us on this in any way, whatever it is that you and God have decided to do, I'm just so excited for you. But here are three things that I think it's worth to remember when you're fasting. If you haven't done a lot of fasting, just to remember these. If you have done a lot, just to remind you of these. I have made all three of these mistakes, often all at the same time, and it doesn't make for a fun fast. Number one, don't turn your fast into an opportunity to lose weight. I have done that many times. It's easy. You're sitting here at the end of August going, well, I got me some, some winter weight from the last five winters, I, I know what, I'll do a fast and I'll launch Operation Hotbot at the same time. Two birds, one stone, right? Or, or in my case, two birds, two and a half stone. But that is a bad idea, okay? Because it takes the focus off God and what God wants to do and it puts it onto something really temporary and something that doesn't mean a lot really in the scheme of eternity, which is what I look like and how much I weigh. And it can be tempting, particularly if you feel like, ah, I could really do with losing some weight. Listen, it was my birthday last week. 
I have three gorgeous kids. I love my kids. They're going to be watching this right now. And so I've got to be careful. But my kids love buying me junk food for my birthday, which I love. But sometimes it's a lot. And because I knew that we were launching into a church fast, I had a very short window to eat all of this junk food. So I had my bill after my birthday. And the other thing too, is that when your kids give you junk food for your birthday, if you don't eat it like straight away in front of them, then it's like you giving a kid a present and them not even opening it to play with it. You're like, oh, didn't you like it? And so Darcy gave me not one, not two, but three chocolate bars. And then she'll come up to me and say, Dad, are you eating your chocolate bars? Do you not like the present I got you? And I go, oh, honey, I love, I love that. Here, give me one. Oh, mm, mm, it's so good. I love it. Thank you so much for giving it to me. And then Harrison says, Dad, what about all those chips I got you? Do you like those? Oh, yes, I do. Mm, mm, mm. I love the chips. Thanks for giving me. And then Jessica says, what about the big family-sized packet of M&Ms that I gave you that I said, you don't have to share with anyone. Dad, they're all for you. Yeah, yeah, I like them too. <laughs> I love them. Thank you. Right? And I had to eat all of those in the space of like four days because I was starting a fast. So I know what it's like to kind of think, well, you know, do a bit of this for Jesus, bit of this for me, but don't. Like you still, if you're doing an extended fast, like anything more than three days, I think it's not a bad idea to just keep an eye on your scales just to make sure that you're not, you know, doing anything unsafe or dangerous. But honestly, anything up to three days, you don't need to touch those things. Up to seven days, yeah, maybe. You know, I know because I've done enough fasts now that I will lose on average a kilo a day. If I, if I fast, I lose a kilo a day. It's, it's, if I do a seven-day fast, I lose seven kilos. I did a 10-day fast a couple of years ago, lost 10 kilos. If I do three days, I lose three kilos. Let me tell you something. It's exciting when you finish your fast and you go, yes, look how much weight I've lost. It all comes back on. As my wife points out to me many times, it all comes back on and it actually comes on worse. So don't fast to lose weight, all right? Make it about God. Second mistake that you can make when you're fasting is you try to find a way to make it as easy as possible. And I talked about this before our church fast last year. You know, we were doing a Daniel fast, which meant you can't have meat and you can't have bread and you can't have this and you can't have that. And my wife's a great cook. And so she just went online and found all these amazing recipes using the ingredients that we were allowed to use uh, to try and make the meals as tasty as possible. And we got halfway through the fast and I was like, I don't even miss any of these other foods. Like, this is great. And I just had the thought, mm, I don't know if it's supposed to be like this, right? There's truth in the idea that the degree of sacrifice that we make determines the degree of reward that we receive. I mean, we see that in everyday life, right? If you go to the gym, you can kind of work half-heartedly. Guess what you get? Half-hearted results, right? But if you put in the work and you really sacrifice, you push yourself into the red zone, as people like Dan Krakner would call it, you know, then that's when you really get the rewards, right? Because you're making the sacrifice. If you fight in the army, they don't just hand, hand out Victoria Crosses and Medals of Valor to anybody. It's the people that made the extreme sacrifices that get the real rewards. And the Bible says that God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Another word for diligently is earnestly seek him. Another word is passionately seek him. It doesn't say that he's a rewarder of those who seek him. It says he's a rewarder of those who diligently, passionately, earnestly seek him. There is something that just connects us to the rewarding nature of God when we just go, you know what, God, this I am sacrificing this for you, man. This is difficult. I've said it many times from the front. I hate fasting. It is hard. You will never get me to believe for a second that that 
you don't have to fast or that you're not required to fast or there's something different about you compared to me because I know how hard it is to fast. And my attitude is, and I might be wrong on this, but my attitude is, flip, if I can do it, you can do it, right? Nothing special about me. I suck at it. I'm terrible. Ask my family. I have to leave the room when they eat food and I just complain the whole time. Like it's, it is a sacrifice for me. But I know that when I do it, God is going to, you know, bring a reward, which is awesome. And the third thing, uh, the third thing we've got to watch out for is doing a fast, abstaining from food, but then not changing any other area of our life. You know, we're still watching Netflix. We're still, you know, doing this and doing that. And the whole idea of a fast is it's abstaining from food for a spiritual purpose right and so if you abstain from food but then you fill up the space with just more netflix and stuff like that you're not going to achieve the results that you want to achieve you're not going to get where god wants you to get with this and we have been given an extraordinary opportunity now i'm not for a second saying that god has caused the lockdown but hey let's make lemonade out of lemons i've spoken to a number of people in the lead up to this fast who have said you know i i would but you know i've got to work and I've got a really physical job, or I need to have, you know, be really mentally on my game, and I can't afford to be having headaches and feeling dizzy and all that kind of stuff. I spoke to someone the other day who said, I get so grumpy when I fast because I'm fasting, but then I'm at work all day and I feel like I can't give God, you know, the time and the focus that He needs. Well, guess what? We're, unless you're an essential worker, we are all locked down until midnight Tuesday. That is three days away. We can all do a three-day fast. We don't have to go to work. We don't have to worry about falling over on the job. We don't have to worry about you know making important mistakes at work. We're at home. So use these three days to push into God. And here's where I want to encourage you. Don't take the next 72 hours and go, great, I can fit in 72 hours of Netflix. I can binge watch three seasons of my favorite TV show to catch up. Don't do that. Take these three days at home and go, you know what, God? I'm going to fast if you're feeling to fast for the three days. I'm going to fast food for a spiritual purpose. I'm going to make the sacrifice. It's going to be hard, but I'm going to pour myself into you. I'm going to read my Bible more than I normally would. I'm going to spend more time praying than I normally would. I'm going to take the time that I would spend preparing food and eating and thinking about dinner and give that to you. That's how you maximize this. Look, my attitude is this is hard. You might as well get the best result possible. You might as well get the most out of it. Okay. And the last thing, which was not one of my three points, but just an observation. Spend some time, if you haven't already, talking to God about why he's asking you to fast. If you've talked with him about what he wants you to do, whether it's a day, three days, seven days, fast this, fast that, whatever, ask him why. Why are you asking me to do this, God? What can I expect to receive from this? And let me tell you something. Out of all the fasts that I've done, I don't think I have hardly ever got that answer before I started. It always comes during the fast. I'm fasting at the moment. I know we're starting to get it corporately as a church, but I wanted, I just felt that God said to me, Josh, uh, and this isn't bragging, all right? This is about leadership and letting you know that as the leader, I am so on board with this that I've decided to do 14 days, all right? So I started fasting last Sunday. So my last meal was Saturday night a week ago. Uh, and so I've been fasting all this week, all during lockdown as well. So I'm going to be going through it with you. And it was on day three. It was on Tuesday that I was walking with God. And I was like, why am I doing this? And God gave me a picture and, and a, an idea around what I could expect to receive from him. Out of That was on day three. Other times, you know, I'll do a fast and I won't even find out until after the fast finished. I'll look back and go, ah, oh, 
man, that's what happened. That's why you're asking me to do that. That's what I received from this. I'm so glad I did that. It's very rare that I go into a fast knowing right at the start. So if you are about to fast and you've got no clue why you're doing it, don't panic. You haven't missed God on it. He hasn't, you know, you can ask him all throughout the fast and he'll reveal it to you as you go. He may reveal it to you after the fast finishes. All right, so this is going to be an amazing time for us. We're going to take communion in just a minute, but just to add some oomph to what I'm talking about, I wanted to bring in one of the big guns, a guy called Derek Prince. This is just a four-minute clip from an hour-long message that he gave on fasting in the Christchurch Town Hall a number of years ago. But the reason I've highlighted it and want to include it is because right at the end of his message, he started to preach out of a well-known verse to us, and that is 2 Chronicles chapter 7, 14. Look at that. I've even got the church glass here. How flash is that? There we go. He said, I want to speak to you out of Second Chronicles 7.14. I thought, you know what? That's amazing. It's amazing how often that verse has come up this year. So let's check out what Mr. Prince has to say. I call this hope for a nation. Hope for a nation. How many of you know what Second Chronicles 7.14 says? Many of you do. Praise God. I could quote it by heart, but I won't. God speaks, and he says, If my people, <coughs> who are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. There are seven steps, four steps that God's people have to take, three steps that God will take when we take the fourth step. What are the four steps we have to take? What's the first one? I didn't hear you. Humble ourselves. Why? Because pride is a barrier to the answer to our prayers. The next thing is pray. God says, don't start praying until you've dealt with your pride. And then he says, seek my face. That's not just have a prayer meeting from 8 till 9.30. That's pray until you get into God's presence. And then it says, turn from your wicked ways. You say, God, I don't think I have any wicked ways. God says, wait till you get into my presence and you'll find out. <laughs> we experienced that in our church in Fort Lauderdale about, what, five years ago. One of the elders' wives had a word from the Lord to proclaim a fast, which I'm going to talk about in a moment, a Joel fast. And uh, it wasn't received with much enthusiasm. But eventually, I think the elders, of whom I was one, were kind of ashamed into admitting, well, we better do something about this. And so we said, we'll have a certain period, we'll fast and pray, and we'll meet every morning at, I think, 5 a.m., was it? Well, I wasn't there. Ruth and I were away when this started. And I understand the first morning there were about 13 people. The congregation was about 500 at the time. The next morning I think there were about seven. And then it was going, you know, the typical charismatic prayer meeting. The next morning there was about four. But then a brother who was not an elder got a burden from the Lord. And he spent 24 hours weeping. And things changed. And when Ruth and I got back, I said, whether we like it or not, this is from God. We better get involved. We don't want to miss God. And I can't go into all the details, but for the next, I think, six weeks, we were meeting every morning at 5 a.m. 
and we spend most of the time on our faces. And the sins that were confessed were startling. It was a nice, respectable church. But there was adultery, there was fornication, there was alcoholism. Didn't come out till we were in God's presence. Don't say to God, I have no wicked ways to repent of. That probably simply tells you how far you are from his face. In the light of his countenance, things look different. What does God ask of us? Four things. Humble ourselves, pray, seek his face, turn from our wicked ways. How do we humble ourselves? By what? You've got the message. That's right. Now you can fast and be very proud. Jesus said, don't fast that way. That's not the way to fast. That's the way the hypocrites fast. But he didn't say, that's a reason for not fasting. He said, fast the right way and not the wrong way. Then God says, I'll do three things. If you'll do the four, I'll do the three. I will hear, I will forgive their sin, and I will heal their land. How many of you would like to see your land healed? Has God shown you a way? Is there a scriptural remedy? I believe there is. How cool is that, right? I am inspired. So here's the plan. We're going to take communion together this morning. So hopefully you've got the elements. You've got your juice, whatever. It doesn't matter what it is. It's just the, you know, the idea that counts when you got the bread. I have been taking communion every morning since I started my fast last week. And let me tell you, it has become the highlight of my day because it's the only time I get to taste anything. And I've had to apologize to God a couple of times because I get the juice, which resembles his blood, you know, and instead of just knocking it back, I just savor the taste. I'm not going to do it this morning because it would be rude. But oftentimes I'm sitting at my breakfast bar, I said to God one day, I said, sorry, God, I'm just enjoying your blood so much. So good. And uh, and then the bread, it's just this, look at it, it's just a tiny little piece. I, like, I'm not joking, one slice of Vogel's bread, I've been going for a week, I'm only halfway through it, I just tear off a little bit. But again, every day, I just make this sucker last like five minutes, because I'm so hungry. <laughs> I'm not going to do that this morning, right? And God knows. God, let me tell you something, God's got an amazing sense of humor. He created us. He created humor. God laughs a lot more than you think. He laughs. I hear God laughing more than I hear God doing anything else. I'm not joking. He is a funny guy. So let's just bring it down. Let's just get a bit serious. We're going to take communion together. Let's start with the, the bread. All right. So what I'm going to do is, is I'm going to pray. And then at home, where you are right now, we're going to take the stuff together. All right. So take the bread. Take the drink. Let's close our eyes. Let's just focus in on him this morning. Yeah, Father, God, we thank you so much that you died on a cross. Jesus, that you came, that you gave your life for us, that the Bible says that, you know, by your stripes we are healed. And Lord, right now as a church, as Activate Christ Church, Lord, we commit these next seven days into your hands. We commit this church fast into your hands. And God, I pray a blessing on every single person who participates in this fast in any way, shape, or form. Lord, if you've called them to participate in any way, shape, or form, and they've responded with obedience, God, I declare your blessing 
over them. God, I pray that your will would come to pass in each and every person's life, that your kingdom would come over their home, over their children, over their family, over their workplace. Lord, that you would bless their hands. God, I thank you that you are a rewarder of those who diligently seek you. And right now, Father, as a church, as a corporate body of people, we commit to diligently seeking you at a higher level than we would in other times of the year for the next seven days. God, we commit this week, this church fast into your hands. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so right now, just in your own time, take the bread and take the drink. Amen and amen. Hey, well, look, thank you so much for joining me this morning. Thanks for being a part of Activate Church. I would not be surprised in the slightest if we're back in this room next Sunday taking communion again to end our church fast. There is a lot of stuff that we're going to try and keep happening. If we were meeting in person, we had plans like we did last year uh, to do things you know, every night this week and have prophetic groups coming in and pre-meetings and all that kind of stuff. We're still going to do that. We're just going to do it online. Okay, so what I need you to do, if you are not a part of the Activate Online Facebook page, I'll put a link in the comments below so you can go and have a look at it. Make sure that you do sign up for that. Uh, it's members only, so it's not open to the whole world. People have to apply to be a part of it, and then we say, yes, you can. And it's predominantly, of course, for members of Activate Christchurch. So you've got to be on that page. That's where we're going to be running the bulk of our, our things this week. Otherwise, have a great Sunday. Enjoy your first day of fasting if that's what you are doing. God bless, and I will see you on here next Sunday morning. See you later.